Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. Hey, this is Chris Mack. Welcome to you to episode 151 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and something else. Spotify, Spotify. too, right? Did I see Spotify? I don't, I don't think it did, but... No, I, Spotify is, is, is pretty key right there, because, I, I, again, I, I listen to our podcast on Spotify. No, oh, you finally listened to it, huh? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, say funny. Yeah, I mean, well, I listen to my own crap. Anyway, let's get started, uh, as per usual, with some old business. With the business? All right, so business. the business is, business. of course, the last couple episodes has been about Senor Schaefer. Yeah. Um, and he's a little bit of a douche still. Yeah. All right, but anyway, so uh, I think it was about last week he had – been moved from the, the, the county jail in Indiana uh, to be ready to be put in front of a judge in the, the district in the DC district following the capital riots etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but mm. on March 9th his attorney uh, requested that he be released immediately under the claim that the government has violated the Speedy Trial Act which establishes maximum time periods for different stages of a federal criminal prosecution. Since the Speedy Trial Act required the government to file an information or an indictment within 30 days of Schaefer's arrest, the, quote, complaint must be dismissed, according to Schaefer's attorneys. Of course, that did not happen. Because this past Friday, Schaefer appeared before uh, a judge via a teleconference. Um, and, and that's okay. That's not this one. Ah, yes, okay. So, a federal judge on Friday, May, March 19th, refused to release Ice Earth guitarist John Schaefer as he awaits trial in Washington in connection with the siege of the U.S. Capitol. The judge ordered the 53-year-old musician who resides in Indiana uh, held without bail on six federal charges uh, related to his alleged involvement with the insurrection of the U.S. Capitol. He's being held in Washington, D.C. jail now. Um... What did it say here? Uh, Apparently, he is showing remorse. He says he used bad judgment on that day, and he wishes he had a do-over, like a lot of us do with some of the things in our lives. Um, And his attorney says that he has a right to believe the highest elected official, that he was encouraged by former President Donald Trump to go to this thing. Uh, Schaefer's attorney also claimed that his client was in the Capitol for just 60 seconds, apparently, and did not use violence. However, a judge disagrees, and he says that Schaefer is a danger to the community, and he is being held without bail awaiting trial. <laughs> right? It just doesn't get any better than that. I keep saying it every time, and I just got to say, again... You done goof. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish I had a do-over. Yeah, yeah. What would you do instead? <laughs> I used I used bad judgment. I mean, come on. 
I think a lot of the comments I've had about I I've, I read on on the Blabbermouth site about it, like yeah he wishes he had a do over and he says he used bad judgment because he got caught. But if he didn't get caught, he would be like yeah it was great shit blah 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 you know. No yeah I, I totally. Oh yeah, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that you know had he not had had he not had to turn himself in, he'd still be all about what he did that day. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all absolutely against the system until they can use the system to kind of get themselves off in some way. But you know, whatever. You know, it's it's really funny too, considering um, I saw someone say, you know, because um, his defense is that he was encouraged by Donald Trump to do this, and he should believe it. Uh, he had the right to believe in the highest elected officials. And it's like John Shaver is probably one of those kind of guys that calls people sheeple all the time, and mm-hmm. here he is just following a different shepherd pretty much you know yep. just being just as gullible as the people he claims are you know yeah it's hard to feel any kind of sympathy for someone like that no, no matter how no matter like what the no matter what the purpose is like doing something of this nature is just incredibly stupid i don't care what you stand for something of this nature is incredibly stupid yeah, if it, it was the if it was the other side doing the same exact thing, it'd still be just as stupid. If it was anything like if <laughs> it were, if it were just a a group of random people who who uh, I don't know, um, I don't know. I can't even think of anything because it just sounds so freaking ridiculous. It's so preposterous. Yeah, it was, it was pretty 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 insane, pretty stupid. Yeah, but, but that's why it's old. Because we're still talking about this. Yeah, man, it's going to keep coming up until he's until something happens. But yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. You got any other old news? No, that's it. Of course, it's just going to be him because nothing really has. Uh, I mean, the last guy that we talked about at length was Marilyn Manson's issues, but that seems to have died down. Uh, there's been no updates on that in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I mean, I still hear inklings about that, like little people like people just talking about it and yeah. like weird stuff coming out but i never hear any major information about that one yeah there's no like new major developments that like that i've read anywhere that would mm-hmm. be worth reporting here at the at this time anyway yeah all right you ready for some album releases going to new business yes yes all right so Let's just, uh, I want to just pull up the Wikipedia and the, and the Loudwire list to kind of see where we're at here. And a couple of things that we listened to, or that I may have listened to. All right, so I really didn't get a chance to listen to much last week for sure, only because we had company all of spring break between that is correct. my boys and family and whatnot. So I didn't really get a chance to listen to too much new stuff at the week or or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, so no, the, so it'd be the the release week of March fifth. Didn't get the chance to listen to much. I listened to some stuff uh, the week of the twelfth. So that was last Friday. Uh, so I listened to the Crown. That was pretty goddamn good. Oh, the I the new I Hate God was fun. Oh, that, that was really good. The Orden Ogan. Uh, that was not what I expected, only because when you look it up on Spotify, that the singer, that the, the picture that comes up, he looks a little bit more like um, like a 
like a death metal guy and it was pure power metal like something that you would totally totally enjoy and it was not what i was expecting at all very <laughs> nice it was great it was a great surprise it was a great surprise uh secret sphere their new album lifeblood is another um, power metal band uh that you probably dig uh the new rob zombie is a lot of fun I, I think did you listen to that one at all new rob zombie um a little bit but i it was passive so yeah yeah just trying to get into the uh the time here. Uh, I do have the album. Though. I have to listen to it. Yeah. Oh, Pupil Slicer. <laughs> oh, stop it. saying that name. Buddy, ever since we've noticed him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about him a lot. Uh, just it, for the name alone. It hurts to think about, man. But their album was really good. That was a lot of fun. What kind of music is that? Kind of like kind of like noise. I wouldn't say noise metal because that just kind of like makes it, oh, it's all noise. But it's yeah. It's it's very like it's very harsh, almost like grindcore. Um, so you may not appreciate it like on for on, on like a first listen, but like with your like with your recent uh discovery of like Napalm Death, you probably get into it a little bit more. Um oh the the Dead Poet Society. That was one of my albums of the day. And mm-hmm. that was really good. Uh that caught me off guard because it, it started off completely different. And then it went into like almost like a like an alt rock fucking um, sound. It was it was just really like it took me in a different direction than I was expecting, and I actually really appreciated that, which was very cool. So, but that's about all I can actually remember of the new route of new releases because I had I had a busy week this week, and of course last week was rough too. So, I'm going to try and do some catch up in the next like week or two just to see what's going on especially because mm-hmm. we got some some other releases that came out this past friday we're recording this saturday night um like udo has a live album out the search tanking ep has come out um Fwaf has a new album out and I, it's funny because i saw that name and their the last album was out in 2016 and i remember pete um did a uh, did a review i think it was in one of his top threes that year actually i do recall that uh, you mentioned the Surge Tankin album, right? The EP. Yeah, the the EP. Yeah, yeah, okay. that came out. I I listened to two tracks on that. Um, uh huh. So right now I'm on the fence because the first one was a little weird and the second one was a lot better. Um, so I got to listen to the rest of it. But, so, uh, it sounds kind of like it, it, par for the course for Surge. He's always a little weird, a little more, you know, I wouldn't say mainstream, but a little more in the pocket too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it was a little, it was a little more off the wall than I was expecting, just because like you know how like you know how System of Down sounds, you know the way that Sir does his voice, but um, I feel like he was you know with with him being his own, um, you know, him playing his own material and having that freedom, he went a little bit more with it and kind of played around a lot. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah. But that's about all I got right now, but Okay. Um yeah, I I I just got the, the Surge Tankin EP um and started to listen to some of that. Um what else? No, nothing really new. So it's been I've been trying to work on a review that never came to fruition, so Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I also did a well if we're gonna just get into like what else we've been listening to um, I did start going a little bit more through the, the Pat Gessner box of fun. Uh-huh. Um, like, slowly but surely, going to just kind of chip away at it. Um, 
but some of the things that uh, I came across, of course, were some just like classic albums that threw, he threw in there. So yeah. we we're talking like Deep Purple, Perfect Stranger, uh, Farewell to Kings by Rush, um, a couple other ones that were in there that were just really oh, uh, uh, was it? A, this is a, a Best of Rainbow compila- compilation, a two a two disc compilation of Best of Rainbow that was quite good because it has all. It seems like it has all of the frontmen of Rainbow, except of course you know because it's an older one, so it doesn't have the new one. Um, so we're talking Dio and whoever else has sung for Rainbow. So it's a good mix of like the whole discography, you know. Yeah. Um, then also from the podcast and box of fun was an Ambien Ambien Dawn record, which is really fun, and a Contortionist record. So yeah. Yeah, that's been it's been good to go through some stuff and actually like listen to CDs again in my garage and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I know the Ambarian Dawn record. I like that one. Uh, I can't. I I know, I know the last few that we've well, the few that I have came from the box, and I know I sent you either a double or something like that. But yeah, this uh, is the the newest one. It just came out last year, actually, uh, yeah. January thirty first, twenty twenty. Um, yeah, this was this one was a lot of fun. Um, but contortionist, I think I I think that one was um, I hadn't really enjoyed. So I gave it to you. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty good. You know, I mean, they're a band I, I I've listened to passively before, so you know, I enjoy it. Plus, I like the E1 record label, so it was pretty good. Yeah, I gotcha. But of course, a, a lot of the box of fun here that I'm looking at or which we're going through, I have a lot of doubles. Of course, we've talked about because there's a bunch of Aerosmith records in here that I have already and stuff like that. But it has a lot of the like classic rock bands that I don't have albums for at all, like Kiss, you know, that I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna have to, to go through and keep, of course. Um and stuff like that. But it's it's a good mix of shit. It's a good mix yeah. of shit. Pat, Pat knows what knows what to send us. Yeah. Well, he he knows what to grab from radio stations and, and different yes, places. Sir. Yeah, so but what else have you been listening to? Just, just these things? Those things. Um, uh, the other day, I just needed a quick grab and go for the for the gym, so I grabbed um, uh, Opeth Deliverance and uh, Metallica S and M record. Uh, in the car, I'm just like, if you're driving, while you're driving, Spotify goes into like uh, driver mode, so you can do quick quick picks. So you just do like a quick thing and just scroll to it real quick, and it just starts playing. And uh, so on the on that like list because it goes based on like uh what you uh listened to recently so i still have a bunch of the stuff from the 2016 rabbit hole i went through uh so if i just go quick it's like you know volbeat um uh, seal the boogie incarnate by kills with engage you know just quick random picks that i just need to get through a drive real quick mm-hmm. so nothing nothing that i've been listening to too in depth like i haven't gone out of my way to listen to, to actually listen to something um with attention everything's been kind of like space filler kind of thing at the moment gotcha. no i i, I feel you because like, i i've been just kind of busy doing stuff around the house for the most part uh-huh. um, from aside from having family over and whatnot um but either if i'm not working on 10 word reviews i'm pretty much getting caught up in in little things like uh i I started working on two of our future 10 word reviews. So I started buying up some of the albums from one. And in that purchase, I also picked up um, Overkill, White Devil Armory. Oh, yeah. 
So I had um, a little marathon of a couple of overkill albums just to kind of remind myself of the kick-ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, for no, sure. A couple, couple other things like that, but like nothing really like solid and specific. I just haven't, I haven't sat down and just, you know, drifted or anything like that. Like I have a bunch of stuff that I got to really sit down and pay attention to. So Yeah, and I, and I did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, like a real brief one uh, that we'll talk about later. Okay, sounds good. All right, um, so let's go to the general news. All right, let's get into the general news. And, of course, unfortunately, we have to start off with obituaries. Oh, you kill me. I know, I know. We'll have to write your obituary next. Anyway, uh, former Entombed and current Entombed AD singer Lars Goran Petrov had passed away on Sunday, March 7th, after a battle with bile duct cancer. He was only 49 years old. Damn. That's a shame. Yeah. Damn. That's a shame. I remember seeing in Tomb AD when we went to see um, the House Core show with uh, King Diamond, and they were, they were quite good. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, secondly here, uh, so members of Guns N' Roses, Kiss, uh, Skid Row, Motley Crue, Anthrax, Warren, and Billet Boys are among the musicians who have reacted on social media to the passing of longtime Metal Edge editor Jerry Miller. Uh, Miller, who was a veteran lifestyle and entertainment journalist who had also contributed to a variety of print and web outlets, including Glamour, People.com, MNN.com, Lupus Now, Muscle and Fitness, Jewish Journal, Brian, uh, Brain World, FromTheGrapevine.com, and ScienceNewsForStudents.com, reportedly died on Sunday, March 14th after their battle with cancer. It's believed that she was 67 years old. Cancer again, man. Yeah, Fucking that pussy cancer. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Russell Crowe has a few words for you. But that is it for obituaries. Well, thankfully. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, we don't need any more than that, right? Yep. All right, so you ready to get the general general news? Yep. All right, so Body Count was honored with a Grammy in the Best Metal Performance category in the pre-telecast ceremony at the 63rd Grand, uh, Annual Grammy Awards, which was held Sunday, March 14th at an undisclosed building in Los Angeles. Body Count was nominated for Bum Rush, a track from its 2020 album Carnivore. The other nominees in the category were are, uh, Code Orange for their song Underneath, In This Moment for the song The In-Between, Poppy for Blood Money, and Power Trip, Executioner's Tax, Swing of the Axe, live. Though I'm not the kind of person who really cares about the um, awards, it's always cool to see who wins, and I'm actually really cool with this one. Yeah, I remember Pat saying that this is like the first time in like forever that the, the, the band that he actually felt should get it, got it. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is freaking cool. So. Yeah. And I think when we when we heard the initial um, uh, what's it called nominations, we you and I both speculated that Power Trip might win it just because of the fact that their frontman had recently passed away. Yeah. So it it feels good to feel that like they actually went ahead and actually gave um, uh, some thought into the awards and not just like went with like you know the the immediate like you know sympathy or the the immediate like oh this is a known band kind of thing you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, although you know Ice T, he's from that show. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, we're we're not even saying that Power Trip didn't deserve it on their own either. But oh, 
I yeah, that's not like 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 I'm not saying that, but I just didn't want like the uh, the. It feels like sometimes when like these nominations come by, they just give it to like the one that's like the most known, like a Slipknot or like a Motorhead, even though like Motorhead got not nominated for a cover of a Metallica song at one point yeah. or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, I got you. So, all right, Reach Music Publishing has acquired a fifty percent interest as well as worldwide administration rights to the Glenn Tipton song catalog. The acquisition covers Tipton's songwriting catalog for almost 200 songs as a member of Judas Priest, including works dating back to 1977, beginning with the album Sin After Sin and continuing through to the band's latest studio album, Firepower, released in 2018. Tipton's solo albums, Baptism of Fire and Edge of the World, are also included in the acquisition. Continuing the trend of selling your rights to publishing companies. Um. It's becoming such a common thing. I'm wondering what, you know, to what end is this for, you know? Yeah, and I remember, like I said, I remember seeing an article about it, which I never read, which I should have read, uh, that was describing what the what the current trend was all about. So I kind of regret not catching up on that. I probably could just Google it, but then again, that takes time and effort. Yeah. All right, Frontiers Music and Striper. Have announced that they they have extended their working relationship with the release of uh, more new studio albums together. So Striper renewed their relationship with Frontiers Music. Not surprising, considering Frontiers Music. Yeah, that seems to be like their their niche is like the old um, classic rock kind of shit. Yeah. All right. Like well, the, beginning... the really the really kind of big uh, kind of AOR type bands like the the metal side. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, beginning this past uh, Friday and continuing weekly through to March of 2022, Queen YouTube will take Queen fans on a unique and remarkable, remarkable journey, a chance to revisit some of the band's most iconic moments and discover some aspects of the story we didn't know. Presented in chronological order, the series will take us from Queen's earliest shows at London's Rainbow and Odeon through vast arenas across the entire world on a journey culminating with the band's latest record-setting achievements with Adam Lambert. Along with spectacular concert footage, sound checks, backstage, and rare after-show access, we get to explore the stories behind the songs, hits, and album tracks drawn from the extensive footage that exists in the official archive while also uncovering and sharing rare and previously unseen gems. This is all on YouTube. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Which is something that they released like a like a DVD on, like a fucking documentary like style, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be a lot more interesting. But they already have enough uh, documentaries and shit out, so. I'm sure, but for for a guy like yourself who's been pining for like some of that old uh, live shit. Yeah. They seem to have plenty of footage to share, you know. They're just hanging on to that stuff, man. Hanging on right. to it. People are going to be chomping at the bit for it no matter no matter what, so might as well extend it out, right? Yeah. Brian, Brian May hasn't sold his rights yet. Yeah. Well, right. in, case he needs, in case he needs surgery on his anus again. <laughs> Over-enthusiastic gardening. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? All right. Ellison Films has set an October 12, 2021 release date for its award-winning film Dwellers on Blu-ray and DVD and digital, 
Dwellers is a found footage horror film produced by Dave Ellison and written, directed, and starring Drew Fortier. Uh, the film has already gained over 20 official selections from film festivals around the world and a number that is still growing. Cool. Yep. All right, so speaking of documentaries, uh, while the worldwide pandemic pretty much wiped out the music industry over the past year with its large gathering restrictions, Brooklyn, New York metal outfit Life of Agony has been, under their, has been using their downtime to put the finishing touches on its upcoming full-length documentary, The Sound of Scars. The Sound of Scars utilizes personal archive footage, rare photographs, and lost interviews, along with new, never-before-seen conversations with the band and their family members that tell the story of how three uh, friends overcame domestic violence, substance abuse, and depression to form one of the most influential bands in its genre. Through the success of their groundbreaking 1993 debut, River Runs Red, hailed by Rolling Stone as one of the greatest metal albums of all time, they channeled their cumulative life stories into a soundtrack for a broken generation, at the time, that newfound fame allowed them to escape the, from the tragedies of their past, but in the wake of their accomplishments, unforeseen obstacles arose. So I watched a trailer for this particular documentary, and it looks really fucking good. I, I'm, I, I want to definitely find a way to, to watch this. I, uh, I need to get more into this band. So. Well, the, the, like I say, the, the River Runs Red, that album is very, very good. Um, mm. Big fan of that record. Um, and I know for a fact that in this particular documentary, they do cover a, a significant part of it, I think, is, is about Mina's transition from Keith to Mina mm-hmm. and how that affected not only like her um, mental health and whatnot, but the band as a whole and their relationship with the fans. So I think that's going to just be a very interesting watch. Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, that even with even uh, even outside the music, that does sound pretty fascinating. So, all right, let's see here. Burley Auction will present the Ted Nugent Gun Guns Guitars and Hot Rod Cars Auction on Saturday, May twenty seventh at ten a.m. in Waco, Texas. Over 400 items from Nugent's personal collection will be auctioned off, including a fine collection of custom guns and personal personal carry guns, a fine collection of rare prototype and one-of-a-kind guitars from Nugent's personal collection, including a 1958 Gibson Les Paul, a 1959 Gibson Les Paul, a 1956 Fender Stratocaster, Black Diamond Gibson Birdland, Gibson Custom Shop Les Paul, early Paul Reese Smith prototype, and a one-of-a-kind Ted Nugent guitar, rare custom guitars, Ted's vintage touring equipment, including his entire backline, pyrotechnic stage guns, tour-used uh, speaker cabinets, concert equipment, and stage decor, fully restored 1968 Ford Bronco, custom 2015 Dodge Hellcat Challenger, over 200 of Ted's personal firearms featuring custom Ted Nugent guns, presentation guns, Ted Nugent ammo, uh, vast selection of Ted's personal archery equipment, memorabilia, and more. All are personally owned by Ted and covered with Ted Nugent Mojo. Two things, you know, two things I gotta say. One, I'm scared to find out what Nugent Mojo is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, like, what the hell is that? I feel like it will be sticky. I have a very, I mean, he loves guns. Like, like how much does he love guns? <laughs> like, oh yes, 
firearms. Number two is number two is why are we talking about Ted Nugent? I just found it very interesting. I found it very interesting that he's selling. Crazy all this old shit. man sells off shit. The end. I summed it up for you. <laughs> but I do remember the joke that you made uh, recently, where we were talking about John Schaefer and how you know, Ted Nugent's very much on the the right side of things, and he's like, John Schaefer is so stupid that like not even Ted Nugent would have gone to the Capitol that day. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> That's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, when Ted Nugent is the bar, <laughs> that's fucked up. Actually, oh, if, if if he if he were even there, man, I could just see him like like standing up uh, among the crowd, like Legolas, just shooting off arrows at people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely, happening. absolutely. Fucking whatever. All right. Gimme Metal TV has announced the debut episode of The Ball, set to premiere later this month. Hosted by MTV VJ alumnus Ricky Rackman and presented by NotFest.com, The Ball. We'll find the former Headbangers Ball host reviving that classic heavy metal music video show feel in an episode that will feature videos from the likes of Megadeth, Metallica, Power Trip, and so much more. They keep trying with this heavy metal, the Headbangers Ball thing, but, you know, it's like fetch. That's just not gonna happen. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it had its I time. Like, I feel like there are other things now that that kind of take its place, and it's kind of hard to sit there and revive something that you know. It was it was you know it was for they're, they're bringing back Ricky Rackman. It's just like you know, it's just a it's like beating a dead horse almost. And like if you're trying to hit up with a newer generation, bringing in like a newer host like. Jose Mangani or whatever his name is from fucking Sirius, you know, just someone new, someone fresh, you know. Everyone's gonna be like, "Who the fuck is Ricky Rackman?" Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say I've honestly ever seen in a single episode of Headbangers Ball, either the original or the the remake later on. Yeah, I can say the same because it's always on. It was always on like Saturday nights or something like that when I'm already out, you know. But if this is going to be like a like an internet thing, it'd probably be a little bit easier to for other people to access whenever they want instead of just like you know a specific scheduled time, you know. All right. Let's see here. Next up, last bit for general news here. Uh, Skindred have inked a new global four-album deal with Earache Records, with each band member signing the deal in a different endangered music venue across the UK. So that's probably that's a little that's pretty cool. Bring attention to the plight of the dying music venue thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, either way, I mean, Skindred, cool for yeah, four-album no, deal. That, that, that's cool. I just don't understand why they had to do it in, in a music venue. It's like, okay, can you guys perform there? <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, well, actually, you might mention it later, so never mind. I'll hold off on that. Okay. All right. So we're now into the So Let It Be Written uh, um, section here. And I, I'm considering adding a, a second line to the title here. Uh, so I, I want to call it So Let It Be Written, So Let It Be Drawn. 
because mm -hmm. we're talking about comics here. So you're making a whole new section for this? No, no, no. I, I, I'm just I'm making a like kind of a pun and like. Oh uh, yeah, of, of course you are. Yeah, instead of done, let it be drawn. Okay, whatever. All right. Echoes from the Void is a fantasy graphic anthology series comprised of uh, 48-page deluxe comic books, each featuring two or more story adaptations from the Evanescence catalog. Beginning with story themes based on songs for their upcoming uh, March 26 release, The Bitter Truth, and culminating in revisiting iconic material from throughout the band's career, the project is comprised of a series of short stories created by an all-star cast of graphic artists, animators, illustrators, fine artists, screenwriters, novelists, and more. Graphic novel series based on Evanescence music. Um, that's actually kind of cool. I, I can see that 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 being interesting. I I can see that too. Yeah. And they always had a kind of like a visual aspect to them that would probably cross over quite well into a, a graphic novel. Yeah. Type of thing. All right. Original Black Sabbath drummer Bill Ward has confirmed that he's working on an autobiography. The seventeen-year-old. Um, drummer reveals his plans to tell his life story in book form during a March 12th appearance on Sirius XM's Trunk Nation with Eddie Trunk. That would be a cool read. That would very that would be a very cool read. I always like like when, when you get different aspects of the same story from different sources. You know, to see how people have, have interpreted their time differently. Yeah. So, Especially yeah. someone like Bill, who's kind of had this kind of spotty history with the band. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the reunion after the fact where they kind of left him behind and everything like that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I remember, like, when that happened, they said that Bill War really couldn't keep up with them anymore. And that's mm. why he was kind of left out of it. And, of course, Bill Ward had a different story. But the thing is, just recently in the same interview... Apparently, Bill Warren has actually admitted that, you know, at 72 years old, he doesn't have the energy or the chops to, to, to maintain a live performance with a band like Black Sabbath anymore. Yeah. You know, so. You have to know your limits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says he would love to record another album with those guys, but performing live, he just wouldn't be able to do it. So. It seems like at least somebody knows their limits, unlike Mr. Ozzy Osbourne, who has surpassed his limits a long time ago, in my opinion. I am live, live anyway, like recording-wise. Keep on recording albums, Ozzy. Go for it. You know you sound great in the studio, but chill out on a live performance, bro. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't need that. I really don't think. I. I really don't think he will ever. Uh, tour again. I think we'll get to a point with with everything with COVID and whatnot, and he will actually be at that point and admit to that point. I would sure as hell hope so. Yeah. I like. I really. It really like. It's painful to think about him getting rolled out there every night or every couple nights to kind of squeak through a fucking performance and then like hope that he can do it again the next day. Yeah, you know? I, I really can't see it going much further than this. All right, so speaking of COVID and whatnot, let's get into our next section here, of course, of not spreading the disease. Uh, so Disturbed, the Sickness 20th Anniversary Tour, has officially been canceled. The Amphitheater Tour with very special guests Stained and Bad Wolves was originally slated to take place last summer, 
but was rescheduled to 2021 due to the coronavirus pandemic, which is sweeping the globe, of course, and now it has officially been canceled. 100% done it. Because at this point, the 20th anniversary tour is going to be like the 22nd anniversary tour, and nobody wants that. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get to sit here and laugh because the sickness tour was brought down by the sickness. The sickness, I know. The irony is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> down because of the sickness. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Scorpions have announced their rescheduled dates for their Sin City Nights Las Vegas residency. The run of shows, which was originally slated to take place in July of 2020 and was later pushed back to May of 2021, will now happen in March and April of 2022 at the Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. Support will come from Queensryche. I mean, I I have I have some faith, but are these guys going to be like? Too old by them? They're already. They're already. There's there's some numbers up there. <laughs> well, they're, yeah, they're 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 pushing it. I mean, they're not they're not that far behind Sabbath in age, I'm sure. Yeah. So, all right. Next up here, we're going to the area of he's the one they call Doctor Feel Not So Good. The exploited drummer Willie uh, William Willie Bakken, uh, or Buchan, you can, you can. Um, he is the younger brother of the band's lead singer, Walter Waddy Buchan. He suffered a heart attack Thursday night, March 11th. Uh, it was revealed by his brother on a social media post that he is uh, his brother is currently in the hospital waiting to see what's happening next. Uh, and has been, uh, the, the drummer was a member of the Exploited on and off since 1983. So, speedy recovery to William Woolley Bach uh, Buchan. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants that nonsense. Nope. All right, we're going to skip straight over to Feudin. Because uh, no one's getting better, no one's breaking the law, Metallica's been a little quiet at the moment. Okay. Uh, so all that remains, vocalist Phil uh, Labonte has revealed that a financial dispute with the wife of the band's late guitarist, Ollie Herbert, has made it impossible for the band to use Herbert's name in connection with any of its projects. Speaking to American songwriter, Labonte says he and his bandmates have toyed with the idea of hosting benefits for Herbert and even starting a charity or project in the late musician's name. Uh, he is quoted as saying, we talked about ideas to do a benefit to raise money for kids in schools, but we can't do anything that has his name on it. And he also goes on ahead to say later in the interview, I don't have it written down in the script, but he goes ahead in the interview to, to make mention that, uh, that they have been paying Herbert's estate what they owe him, like royalties and whatnot. Like they're not trying to fight that at all. Like they're doing their, their what's right uh, by his family. So I'm not sure what the dispute is about. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, but also that that's taking his word. So also true. Also true. I I just find it funny that you know it's like he had to go out of his way to say that for kids and she won't let us. Yeah, we're trying to be good people, but no. All right. She was trying to remind people that I'm not an asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we tried. Alcoholica. <laughs> Former Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum has partnered with Brazil's uh, Campania? Brasilia? Brasilieri? Just oh stop. Just yeah. stop. Let's just say acronym CBCA, beer company, uh, to produce, produce his own beer called simply The Drummer. 
There has been there was no information about what kind of beer this is. It's just Matt Sorum making a Brazilian beer. Why cool. Brazilian is just random, but I guess it's cool. That, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you just said. All right, merchandising. Merchandising. All right, Lacuna Coil has announced its official game top game. Uh, tabletop game, sorry. Uh, it's called Horns Up. All right, the game itself takes place at the Lacuna Coil show where each player must fight his or her way to be the first to reach the stage. There will obviously be many friendship-threatening actions challenging the opponents. So just looking at the, the, the pictures of what this is, it looks like it's an interactive game with your phone. So I'm guessing it has to do with, like again, a concert setting. So you probably put your phone at the, the top of this tabletop game, and you I guess your pieces have to move forward and try to be the front of the crowd or some shit like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks it, – it's from your description, it sounds cool. I've, I've seen it advertised somewhere. Oh, okay. I've been interested in it, but um, I haven't really taken much further um, look at it, so. Yeah, yeah. All right. Knucklebones is currently in production, creating limited edition queen collectible set. something that might be interesting you know did you see um did you see see my uh my phone on the shelf it's the brown uh from uh, um, well, uh, Scepter in particular. Yeah. And he said iconic. You know, the yeah, because these are really good yeah. ones for puzzles. I mean, I, I was always a really big fan of the A Matter of Life and Death cover. Yeah. Uh, but the Final Frontier is also a really cool one. I mean, I don't mind the cover of Dance of Death, but I would not want that as a poster. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. That shit sucks. <laughs> A Brave New World, though, that's a good one, too. That would be a hard one because of all the blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially considering the way you describe the pieces. 
yeah be very difficult to do yeah i think i think one of the coolest ones and probably the, one of the ones that would be most um probably most difficult because of the fact that there's so much going on is probably the final frontier mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah there's an but, awful lot going it's very colorful too it's bright yeah so that, that'd be that'd be pretty cool i gotta i gotta look into more posters i have to be selective about the posters because Lindsay was like dude we're not getting another one of these stupid <laughs> I ended up finishing the live of death one by myself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember you guys describing a very frustrating experience. So I can yeah. imagine, I can imagine that being a thing. Yep. All right. So do we want to put our commercial break here or later on? Yes, right here. So commercial, take it away. Greetings, Metalheads, Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made, Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellahotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. All right, so we're getting into uh, recording news now. All right. So Ingve Malmsteen has announced that he will release a new studio album called "I'm Your God." I mean, Parabellum in July. I'm your new god. Mr. Big guitarist Paul Gilbert released his 16th studio album, Werewolves of Portland, on June 4th via the Players Club. Matthew Heffy has released the Vengeance Falls acoustic EP featuring reworked versions of five songs from the group's 2013 album of the same name. You can listen to it now on YouTube. The featured songs are Strife, At the End of This War, Through Blood and Dirt and Bone, Wake, The End is Nigh, and Losing My Religion, which I don't think is a cover. Denko Jones will release their 10th studio album, Power Trip, on August 27th. The Full Throttle LP sees the band reunited with Canadian independent label Sonic Union Records, which issued the trio's first recordings and which will release the band's latest effort in North America. All right, this one you might be more interested in here. We got the reunited, expanded classic lineup of Halloween will release its new self-titled album on June 18th via Nuclear Blast. The This first single, Skyfall, will, rely, will uh, arrive on April 2nd. This is the Pumpkins United lineup. It features returning guitarist, uh, returning singer Michael Kisk and guitarist vocalist uh, Kai Hansen, alongside current singer Andy Dearest, guitarist Michael Wittock, Wickath, and Sacha uh, Gertz, oh my God, Gertzner, bassist Marcus Groskopf, and drummer Daniel Lobel. Produced by Charlie uh, Bauerfiend and Dennis Ward, the new Halloween LP was recorded in part at the Home Studios in Hamburg, where everything started in 1984. The same recording console used for such Halloween albums as Master of the Rings, Time of the Oath, and Better Than Raw was utilized to record the band's new materials. Hey, 
hey, what's up? I gotta stop. I gotta stop you. Um, oh. So for some reason, my audio cut out. Um, oh. So I, I've actually been responding since we started Ingve Malmsteen, but you haven't heard me. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't heard shit. I was wondering if you were just like not interested in anything. No, no, no. I've I've had something to say about each one, and, and oh and, shit. And, yeah. So so just just restarted the recording news. All right, top of that. All right, so recording news. So, Ingve Malmsteen has announced that he will release a new studio album called Parabellum in July. It's called Unleash the Fucking Fury 2. <laughs> he is the Fury. Seriously. He is the Fury. All right, Mr. Big Guitarist Paul Gilbert released his 16th studio album, Werewolves of Portland, on June 4th via the Players Club. That is a very odd title. Werewolves of Portland? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. All right, our friend Matt Heffy has released the Vengeance Falls acoustic EP featuring reworked versions of five songs from the group's 2013 album of the same name. You can now listen to it on YouTube. It features the songs Strife, The End of This War, Through Bone and Dirt and Blood, I mean, sorry, Through Blood and Dirt and Bone, Wake, The End is Nigh, and Losing My Religion. Which again, I don't think is a, uh, I don't think that's a cover of the REM song. Uh, I wish it was, because that's a pretty great song. That's a great song, dude. Did, we've talked about the, I think that the uh, the documentary series on Netflix called Sound yes. Exploder. Yes, we uh, have. They do a, they do a episode specifically about the REM song "Losing My Religion." It's a very yeah. good episode. That is the, uh, that is the clip that I saw <clears throat> that got me interested in watching the show. Oh right, you did mention that before. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's a very, very good episode. I recommend that series uh, highly. All right, so Danko Jones will release their 10th studio album, Power Trip, on August 27th. The full throttle LP sees the band reuniting with Canadian independent label Sonic Union uh, Records, which issued the trio's first recordings and which will release the band's latest effort in North America. And, like, I thought they were kind of a new thing. I didn't realize they had 10 albums. Right, I, I like. I only heard about them recently. Like, obviously, I mean, I'm, I guess my fingers are not on the pulse of the music industry as I think I am. But um, yeah, tenth studio album, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Now, again, this is one that you're definitely going to be interested in. So, the reunited and expanded classic lineup of Halloween will release its new self-titled album on June 18th via Nuclear Blast Records. The first single, Skyfall, will arrive on April 2nd. So this is the Pumpkins United lineup, and it features the returning singer Michael Kisk and guitarist vocalist Kai Hansen alongside the current members of the band. Um, the new LP was recorded in part at the home studios in Hamburg, where everything started in 1984. The very same recording console used on such Halloween albums as Master of the Rings, Time of the Oath, and Better Than Raw was used, utilized to record the band's new material. The effort was mixed at the Valhalla Studios uh, of Roland, uh, Ronald Prent, who has worked with Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, and Ramstein. Now, I'm super excited for this album for so many reasons, but um, <clears throat> I know that the single's coming out, and I actually have that on my Amazon list to be pre-ordered when it gets closer to the day. Nice. Uh, I'm just super stoked for that. I actually listened to a little bit of the United Alive CD, um, which is the live show they did in Madrid with with both singers, and like uh -huh. it really does work together. That's great. 
it's good that it can come together like that, you know. And I, it'd be great if Luca Torelli could do the same thing instead of just like you know introducing a new Rhapsody themed band, you know. <laughs> like a billion like of them. Like your your into like your metal, your metal meme of the day that one day that was just hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's gonna happen like it that that eventuality that possibility where it may eventually happen, and then you have Rhapsody Prime. Rhapsody Prime. <laughs> Rhapsody, Rhapsody Zero. Something like that, you know? Wow. That's yeah. great. I love it. I love it. That's wonderful. You know, right, I actually like that name. I might steal that for myself. <laughs> he probably already has, like, a, a copyright for every form of Rhapsody-type name already. <laughs> You, you got you got to think of that far ahead, buddy. Uh, I know, I know. I, I got I got to beat him to the punch. He's he's a forward thinker. This one. All right. So <laughs> Anthrax drummer Charlie Benanti has announced a brand new album, Silver Linings, due out May 14th via Megaforce Records. The 14-track effort features an all-star cast of Who's Who in the thrash, metal, and rock worlds, with all cuts culled from Benanti's acclaimed quarantine jam video set uh, series. Uh, so Benanti has earmarked a portion of the Silver Linings proceeds for the Neil Castle Music Foundation, an organization that provides musical instruments and lessons to students and makes donations to much-needed mental health organizations that support musicians in need. So I have the article from blabbermouth.net here to give you a, a listing of the songs that are going to be uh, on this thing. So bear with me for a moment here. It's not just a listing of the songs, but it's also the members of the people who are going to be on these tracks. So... We have City of Blinding Lights by U2. And that's going to feature, of course, Charlie Charlie Benetti's done all of those, so I'm just going to list the, the other people on the on the, uh, the track. This one's going to feature uh, Mark Esagueto and Frank Bello. Then we got uh, Chloe Dancer, A Crown of Horns by Mother Love Bone, featuring Mark Menini. And uh, again, Mark uh, Esagueto. Teardrop by Massive Attack, which is uh, featuring uh, Carla Harvey of Butcher Babies and Rod Diaz. Run DMC by Run DMC featuring Daryl DMC McDaniels, Rob Caggiano, and Ray Diaz. Uh, Rhiannon? Is that a guy? Sleep with Max on. Featuring Mark Mini Mengi. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Mengi? All right. Um... Jennifer Sela and Randy McStein, You're So Bad by Tom Petty, featuring Carla Harvey and Rod Diaz, Transylvania by Iron Maiden, featuring Dave Snake Zabo, Frank Bello, and John Denias, uh, Presto uh, Vivas, Vivasi, Presto Vivasi, uh, by a band called UK, which is, features Rod Diaz, Alex Skolnick, and Jordan Rudis, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, featuring Rod Diaz, uh, Jimmy James by the Beastie Boys, featuring Rod Diaz, All the Way by Kiss, featuring PJ Farley, Joe McGinnis, and John Five, Mr. Speed by Kiss, featuring Joe McGinnis and PJ Farley, Public Image by Public Image, uh, featuring Hank Von Hell, Dave Brownsound, and Jason Cohen McCaslin, and last but not least here is Funny Vibe, featuring Living Color, uh, Funny Vibe by Living Color, featuring Rod Diaz, Henry Fleury, and of course, Corey Glover of Living Color. That is a whole lot of what just happened. <laughs> For sure. Look, 
it sounds like a lot of really interesting stuff that they got going on here, but it's kind of reminiscent of what like um, the lockdown sessions, I guess, that um, Sammy Hagar of the Circle did. But like, exactly what I was thinking. it's also, I think, Sepultura did something very similar that they're also releasing an album for. So this is it's good because this is the stuff that like when I saw I started seeing these things happen. I was like, oh man, I, I hope they release something from all these collaborations. It's got it's got they have to. And this is like the third one in that kind of series of uh, of things. So that's pretty fucking cool to see. Yeah. All right. Moving forward here. Speaking of Skid Row, Skid Row guitarist Dave Snake Zibo has told the Behind the Vinyl podcast that he and his bandmates will regroup in less than two weeks in Nashville, Tennessee to begin pre-production for some of its new material. Asked if it will uh, once again work, if, if they will work Oh my God, I'm sorry. Asked if they will once again work with producer Michael Wagoner, uh, who also helmed the group, who also helmed the group's 1989 self-titled debut and 1991 Slave to Grind. Sable said, "We went in and did a bunch of stuff with Michael. This is a whole new batch of stuff we're doing. Michael is kind of taking a break from the music business. We did a bunch of great work with him. So we're working with uh, Grammy Award-winning producer Nick Raskulins." Who's worked with Foo Fighters, Deftones, Mastodon, and Rush? So he has a little bit of a fucking pedigree there. Right on, right on. All right, last but not least, here, Meshuga appears to have commenced the recording process for its new album. On Friday, March 19th, the band shared an Instagram photo of their drum setup at a recording studio, but didn't offer any further details. I actually just started really listening to them, and I do like their stuff. They're very good. They're very. Um, percussive i would say like they're they're very uh mathematical almost yeah like, well, uh, isn't that what they're kind of considered like math yeah kind of like the, the the progenitors of gent so yeah but i remember seeing them live and jesus christ they were one of the goddamn tightest bands ever fucking goddamn it machine machine like huh all right, you ready for some recorded live shit? I am always ready. Oh, yeah. Lindman, which is the project featuring vocalist Till Lindman of, Ras- of Rammstein, and Swedish producer and multi-instrumentalist Peter uh, Targren, who has worked with uh, Hypocrisy and Pain. They will release a concert film live in Moscow on May 21st on Blu-ray. The set will include professionally filmed video footage of Lindman's March 15, 2020 performance at Moscow, Russia's VTB Arena. So that was probably right before shit went to shit. <laughs> well, they still need to come around and play the goddamn uh, album Yeah. Oh, yeah. Download them. Oh, yeah. They're going to set that place on fire. Fire. Yeah. Well, hopefully that still happens. I know. And all they got, they got six months. Yep. They got six months and we need to reach herd immunity. Then again, Texas is 100% open, so maybe it doesn't even fucking matter. Here's open, because I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be vaccinated by then. That's right. You got, you got shot number one, and you're due for shot number two in like what, another two weeks? That's correct. Nice, nice. All right, you ready for some rewind, replay, rebound, reissued? Yes. So Canadian rock legends Triumph will release a 40th anniversary box set of their classic 1981 album uh, Allied Forces to celebrate this year's Record Store Day. In addition, the trio, 
which is drummer Gilmore, guitarist, vocalist Rick Emmett, and bassist Mike Levine, has been named Canadian Ambassadors for Record Store Day, which takes place on June 12th and July 17th this year. Now, this collection includes, read from the article. All right, so the Triumph box set due on June 12th via Round Hill Records will include the following. Vinyl number one is a picture disc of original Allied Forces studio album. Vinyl number two is a two LP live in Cleveland of 1981. Vinyl number three is a seven inch single tribute uh, 2021 uh, version of Allied Forces and Magic Power live from Ottawa 1982, never before released. An 11 by 17 Maple Leaf Gardens poster, which is a, a Canada exclusive actually. 24 page booklet featuring rare photos of behind the scenes and Allied Forces essay. A 40th anniversary Allied Forces retro tour book, a 40th anniversary retro tour poster, a retro tour pass, uh, Rick picks, which are three hand hand drawn cartoons, I'm guessing by one of the members of the band, and handwritten lyrics, uh, Magic Power, Allied Forces, and Fight the Good Fight. So those are all songs on the album. So very interesting, big fucking release from uh, this band here. Um, you know, I really need to pay more attention to Record Store Day because they release some cool shit. They do, they do, they really do. It's like those are very exclusive to those specific days, so it's kind of like, you know, it's a one-shot deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't care about Triumph really, but like just but in all general, stuff, yeah, like, yeah. But just generally speaking, it's it's all really cool. Yeah. All right. We're ready to get into a little extra here? Yes. All right, so no men and women are doing any good. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, so let's get into some crowdfunding. Let's do a Paul Diano check-in here. Okay. Uh, of course, Paul Diano is doing, uh, he's trying to raise 20,000 pounds for his uh, low overdue knee surgery. Not going too well. He's only at 36% of his goal at 7,202 pounds. So that's a shame. No bueno. No bueno. All right, let's do a check-in with Justin Bartlett. Um, he had a goal. He has a goal of $60,000 for his cancer treatment. And he has reached uh, $45,702. So he's still a little short, but doing very well. And last but not least here, we have... Um, what's this one? Let me just go back to the script for a second. Oh, yes, the um, the one for Eddie Sutton. No, no, sorry, not that one. That one was already successful. No, this is, oh, Peaceful Records founder uh, Paul Henry Holmshaw. Uh, he had a goal of 10,000 pounds. He is 94% to his goal, 9,456 pounds. But this is the one that for, um, he's become recently disabled. And he's trying to um, make a ground floor disabled access bathroom and bedroom for himself. Hmm. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. So those are my crowdfunding check-ins. Do you have anything new to contribute for this one? I do not. I haven't really looked into it. Um, the ones I mentioned before, you know, we had talked about Heaven's Guard. They, they, um, they didn't make it, but they're still making the album. And Son of Sorrow had already surpassed their goals, so... Uh, but I haven't really been looking at very much uh, as far as Kickstarter. Um, 
Usually I do that on my tablet. Now my tablet is part of our kitchen setup. So, oh, well. So I have yet to do that. So, Which is why the clips haven't made a return again. No, they have not. But, oh, I forgot to mention that. One of the programs that I have now, it alphabetizes the clips. I can do oh, it again. There it is. Yes. Just, so just and it's probably I've been trying to use for a while. It was a decent one, but it wouldn't alphabetize it. They just updated it, and it can now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> bonus. That's sweet. So we must have that. We must make a return to the clips because those are always entertaining. Yes, absolutely. And fill some dead space in our air here. Yes. All right. So next up, we're um, let's say, ah, should I want? What do you want? God, <laughs> you know what I want? I I I, I don't know. I just Dancing want. Belt uh, buckle. I I do. I I'm looking at belt buckles right now. I want a sweet ass belt buckle. I also need to find a new belt because I'm sitting there and I I have like a regular black one and I have my Misfits one which has been pretty worn out and I'm like mm-hmm. I need I need more than that. I also need more belt buckles because I used to buy them back in the day when I would actually when I was. Um, you know, way back when this is pre-Lindsay, um, so we're talking decade and a half. But all I have for belt buckles um, are like Avenged Sevenfold and him, and the only other one that I have that is a little bit more uh, <clears throat> reputable is uh, Motorhead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that one's gigantic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as one sh- as as a Motorhead b- belt buckle should be. You know? Yeah, of course. But I mean, like, it's um, it's pretty intense. So, yeah. so now I'm just looking for for some some other cool ones that I can wear. Not like I go anywhere. I can wear them anywhere. It's, like, it's not like you like wearing pants in general, but whatever. Yeah, you know, just I I can wear a belt and hold up um, nothing. <laughs> well, the bigger the better. Make it look like a championship belt. Yeah. <laughs> I I still really want to get the old school Intercontinental Championship title. No, I mean that that is one of the better looking championship belts for sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't have anything that I want. Uh, did you go down a rabbit hole recently? No, I've been so I've been so caught up with uh, family and whatnot, and and just sticking to my normal routine that I have not had a a moment of a rabbit hole. So. So I went through a, a, like I said earlier, like a brief one, all right? Um, so I'm going to start from the beginning of how this started and go to where it ended. So Brandy and I were watching uh, the trial, the trials of uh, Gabriel Fernandez. I think that was his name, or Hernandez, I'm sorry. It's, a, it's pretty much a, it's a true crime documentary on, on Netflix about a, um, a child who was a victim of uh, child abuse and died and, and all that stuff. It was horrible to watch. But the only reason I bring it up is because the soundtrack reminded me of something else. Like, the music in it reminded me of, like, the theme music and, like, the background music of the show Mindhunters on Netflix. So I went ahead and I rewatched the entire series of Mindhunters, which is only two, two seasons. But then from there, in the last episode of the first season, in the background, because they use a lot of... Um, because the story takes place in the 70s, so they use a lot of 70s music to, um, as like it's part of the soundtrack, especially towards the end of episodes and going into the credits. 
Uh, so they use like stuff like um, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Uh, they use a bunch of other shit. But the specific thing that they listened that they had at the end of the the season for season one was um, "In the Light" by Led Zeppelin, which is from their Physical Graffiti record. And that led me down a little bit of a Led Zeppelin um, rabbit hole. So I listened to Physical Graffiti front to back, and then went back and I listened to Led Zeppelin two. Led Zeppelin 4, and I just started listening to um, Houses of the Holy uh, before the weekend hit. Mm. So, this kind of reminded me of why I fell in love with that band in the first place. And Physical Graffiti was an album that I think our our dad gave me a long time ago. And I, I swear to God, I burned a hole through that CD, those CDs, because of the double record. Um, just constantly listening to it, because it was just that good. And just remembering, like, how awesome that band really is musically and, and everything. So yeah, that was the, the very brief uh, rabbit hole for me this past week. I gotcha. Um, no, I, I, I can't say much there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I have, I have feels for them, but, but nothing like that. Yeah, no, I just, I just found it very funny how like the, the, the stream of consciousness that led to that point, you know, from, from that one, documentary to a tv show to the fucking to the music so but that's how things happen sometimes <laughs> this music that's being played while this dude is killing people it reminds me of something i like yeah <laughs> i have this urge now to kill no i mean music right okay <laughs> i have this urge to kill people <laughs> urge i mean, to kill I mean what? Rising. <laughs> no, 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 down. <laughs> All right, let's get into some concert news. You ready? Yep. All right, so we actually have something for the drive-in for for the first time in a while. So Skillet um, has announced a spring 2021 tour date. Uh, they're building on the previous success of the drive-in theater tour. Um, and confirmed a fourth package of the 2021 series. Uh, oh, this is a, okay. This is Awakening Events. This is, I guess, the events coordinator. This is their fourth package of 2021. Uh, Skillet, along with Jordan Feliz, Fiel, uh, okay, and Colton Dixon will embark on a 21-city tour beginning on April 22nd in Mitchell, Indiana, and wrapping up on May 23rd in uh, Chafee, Missouri. The tour, the tour will make stops in Alabama, Virginia, Florida, South Carolina, Arkansas, and more. Uh, all dates uh, on the drive-in theater tour will comply with local guidelines related to COVID-19. Tickets for the tour will again be sold by the carload, which is up to six people per car. Didn't we just blacklist them? Yeah, I wrote the script before that happened. Okay. Well, you're never yeah. going to hear about them on our podcast again. Blacklisted. For yeah. being... Stupid. Yeah, it's not the first time he was stupid either. He like he's he's just reached a certain level that's just it's over. Yeah. With them. You, we'll 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 make mention of them when they're being stupid. That's yeah. about it. And that'll probably more than likely be in the old business category. <laughs> yeah. At this point. All right. Man. So from the comfort of your home. From the comfort of your home. All right. Corn has announced details of its global streaming event, Corn Monumental. Oh, yeah, Monumental. Uh, it's scheduled for Saturday, April 24th. Um, 
the ticketed immersive concert experience will broadcast worldwide from the set of the breathtaking Stranger Things The Drive Into Experience. Okay. Uh, produced by Danny Wimmer Presents, the performance promises to be an unforgettable set from the iconic band highlighted by rare and sought after deep cuts and classics from their legendary catalog. Uh, since Korn's latest critically acclaimed album, The Nothing, never received a proper tour due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, this will mark the, first, the live debut of a select tracks from the new record for fans around the globe. I still need to listen to that last Corn album. I, I, I need to listen to the latter half of their catalog. I think I, I think I lost interest after Corn Three. Well, the last one I listened to was the Serenity of Suffering, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Well, seeing that they're getting critically acclaimed, they probably reached this level of maturity that where their people actually like pay attention to the music and not just like um, write them off as like a like the new metal band, you know? Yeah, but you're also you're also um, you're also reading from a, an article that you know, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, just kind of balls. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like what we're like towards the end of his career, Marilyn Manson was getting critical acclaim for some of his records. That you you know he never received before, so it's kind of yeah. kind of interesting to see how people react to uh, bands that they were that were previously written off later in their career, you know. And then he went and fucked it up. Yeah, well, he was probably fucking up at the time, but now it's it's obvious that he fucked up. Yeah, he he done goofed. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops, you broke it. Broke it. You broke it. All right. Philip H. and Selmo and the Illegals will return to the stage next month for a very special live stream event. Dubbed a vocal display of Pantera, the multi-camera shot fully live performance will take place on Friday, April 9th and find the band celebrating the legacy of Pantera with a set featuring select cuts from the band's five classic albums. The live stream will also include an, uh, an opening set by King Parrot. Don't you mean nine classic albums? <laughs> For sure. For sure. Metal yeah. magic. <laughs> Metal magic. Yeah. Can't okay. be forgetting that shit. All right. So ACDZ, ACDZ, the long-running San Francisco Bay Area, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, based ACDC tribute band featuring Exodus singer Steve Zetrozuza and Death Angel drummer Will Carroll will play a live stream concert on Saturday, April 3rd. That's pretty cool. I kind of want to watch that. Right? That sounds really interesting. Pussifer, who's critically acclaimed fall streaming event as Central Reckoning live at Arcostanti. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, broke online attendance records. It returns with an otherworldly streaming performance called Billy D and the Hall of Feathered Serpents featuring Money Shot by Pussifer. Now, this very long title debuts on Keenan's April, uh, Ke Mayor James Keenan's April 17th birthday and reprises the luchador-infused performances surrounding the band's 2016 album Money Shot, which will be played in its entirety. The production highlights Pussifer's unique marriage of music meets theater, having seen the touring incarnation hailed as Extraordinary by Kerrang, Stunning by Loudwire, and a modern blend of Saturday Night Live and Monty Python's Flying Circuits by Relics. Or Relics, actually. So that sounds fun and interesting. 
I mean, cool, but I, I don't really care about Pussifer, but, you know. Yeah, I know. I know, but it just sounds fun. It, it, like, I, like, I've seen bits and pieces of some of their live performances. It is, like, like musical theater. Like, they all play characters, and they have, like, this running theme for the show. Yeah. So, so it just seems like something that would be very entertaining. Last but not least here, Seven Dust has announced two special back-to-back live stream events for next month. The Atlanta-based band will perform its fourth studio album, 2003's Seasons, in its entirety on April 10th, and its 1999 sophomore effort, Home, from front to back or left to right, on April 11th. <laughs> really? Really? Yes. Yes, I most certainly did. <laughs> Uh, love that song. Kinda need you to get fucked. <laughs> love that song. But that's it for uh, for uh, the comfort of your home. No festival news, no cancellations, no you know 2022 <laughs> announcements recently. All right, but here's one: touring the reunited, expanded classic lineup of German power metals power metalers. Halloween will join forces with Sweden's Hammerfall for a European tour in the spring of 2022. The United Forces 2022 trek will kick off on March 25th in Oslo, Norway, and conclude on May 5th in London, England. Man, come to us. Come to us. Well, you know, if you build it, they will come, Dan. I will come over there and punch you in the Fucking nose. <laughs> it's only two doors down, Dan. I will come over there and punch you in the fucking nose. Bring it. All right. Corey Taylor has announced details of his CMF tour. Corey motherfucking tour. <laughs> All right. The 19-day trek will kick off on May. tonight, aren't you? It's what it's called. It's literally called that. Corey motherfucking tour. All right. The 19-day run will kick off on May 18th at the Marquee Backyard in Tempe, Arizona, and see Taylor and his band performing for fans socially distanced and following state-recommended health guidelines. Support on all dates comes from the Cherry Bombs, led by Taylor's wife, Alicia Taylor. There is a San Antonio date for once that we've had to be able to report in a long time on May 21st at the Vibes Event Center. I was. That's the thing I was going to talk about earlier, like the oh. the Corey Taylor show. The, the the Corey motherfucking tour. I'm considering going to it if uh, if it actually happens. Well, I mean, if it's socially distanced and Texas is 100% open now, does it even make that big a difference? Yeah, I might be there. That would be interesting, because from mm-hmm. what I understand, from what I'm reading the article, he's he's going to be performing stuff from his solo album. Stone Sour and Slipknot shit. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he decides to play. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right. That's it for uh, touring concert news. Have you seen a show recently since our last podcast? No, I I I was considering going to one on... Actually, no, that's a lie. I went to a show um, um, the day that uh, Mom and Dad came in. Actually, no, I recorded the podcast. Never mind. So, <laughs> No, we recorded the podcast the next night, didn't we? 
Yeah, we did. So never mind. Um, I was gonna go to one last night, but I was like, no, nah, I got I got stuff to do today. So, but there's more coming up. Yeah, and 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 as things get better around the world, I'm sure like the music scene is gonna just fucking explode. Yeah, probably. All right, are you ready for the charts? Yes. Or as ready as you can be. All right. Yes. Top five, top five. How did we want to do this again? Top five and then... Top five and then whatever, two hundred. Whatever it was 200, no matter what, we announced it? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right, so number one, again, is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. Number two fuck is... Shoot, yeah, fuck that guy. Number two is Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Number three is Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. Shiesty? <laughs> Pooh Shiesty? Maybe Shiesty. I don't know. Number four is After Hours by The Weeknd. And number five is The Voice by Lil Durk. Lil Durk. Holy shit. All right. Number nine. New album from Chevelle. Naya Naya Tyus? Naira Tyus? I don't know. But it's a new Chevelle album, number nine. Now, these douchebags. I say douchebags just because of the not, not because they did anything bad, but because of one thing they said is apparently they say that they have made no money from their album sales, despite the fact that they have sold millions of records. Okay. I'm just saying they sound like whiny douchebags for that sort of thing. I All mean, right. I mean, I feel I feel like there's always been that. That unspoken thing that you don't make money from selling albums. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, some people do quite well for by just selling albums. I don't know. Especially millions. Millions. All right, anyway. Interestingly enough, there's a new Kings of Leon album out. And we're just going to skip right over that. <laughs> oh, a, uh, a Day to Remember. A day to remember. They're they're, they're a rock band. I think I, I gave their album a passive listen, but their new album, "You're Welcome," debuts at number fifteen. Yeah, thank you. We got some we got some some rock albums here in the top twenty, which is pretty cool. And we haven't seen our girl Taylor Swift yet. Oh snap! That's not good. Yeah. Wow. Hold on. Let me double check. Make sure I didn't skip over her by accident. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, shit. She's taking a hit. Let's see. Oh, there she is. All right. Evermore by Taylor Swift is at number 25. Queen's Greatest Hits is at number 26. Taylor Swift Folklore is at number 29. That's two for our girl. They're going to be probably fucking going through a lot of this shit. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is up again. It's at number 38. Make a comeback. Make it a comeback. Diamonds by Elton John is number 43. Creedence Clearwater Revival, number 51, with their greatest hits. Greatest hit. Man, Taylor Swift Lover is at number 65. That's number three for her in the top 100. Journey's Greatest Hits is at number 68. Back in Black by ACDC is at number 71. That's an uptick from 75. 
Okay, Guns N' Roses, Greatest Hits, is that number 80? Greatest Hits by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, or is that number 83? Beatles 1, is that number 88? Mm -mm -mm. Taylor Swift, 1989, is that number 96? That's number 4 for her, the top 100. And we're going to be we're scrolling a lot now. Ooh, boy. Beatles, Abbey Road, number 118. Metallica, Black Album, number 119. Okay. All-time greatest hits by Leonard Skinner is at number 126. Nevermind is at one number 130. 130 for Nevermind. Okay. The Eagles, Hotel California is at number 136. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band is at number 138 with their greatest hits. Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits is at number 143. Mm -mm -mm. Greatest hits by Bon Jovi is at number 150. Central Billy Joel is at number 152. Apparently Pitbull has a greatest hits record. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Does he even have a song? Ugh. I saw, it's like, I think Papa Roach just released their second volume of their greatest hits. Like, what the fuck, bro? You have that many? I doubt it. Sounds of Summer, the very best of the Beach Boys, is at 162. Do, do, do. Mm. Okay. Taylor Swift Red is at number 177, so that's number five. Reputation by Taylor Swift is at 180. That's number six. Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory is at number 185. Okay. All-time greatest by Neil Diamond. Re-entry at 189, if you're curious. Oh, my gosh. Here's one for Pete. A re-entry of Five Finger Death Punch at Decade of Destruction at 194. <laughs> Ninety-four. All right. The definitive collection of Stevie Wonder makes a surprise re-entry at one ninety-nine, and rounding out the top two hundred for this week is "Wonder" by Sean Mendez. So Taylor Swift is down one. Taylor Swift is down one. In the top two hundred. She only had six last time. She had seven. Disappointing week. Well, I mean, we had a couple of new releases that took up some spots here. So once those die down, I'm sure she'll be back with minimum seven in the top 200. I suppose. Yes, I suppose. I suppose. Guess we'll have to take the jag. It broke it. Okay. Um, so I think that we will forego a discussion because it is currently super late. Yeah, the, the, these weekend ones are, are rough when we can't do it on a Sunday. Yeah, so uh, so we'll um, we'll take our curtain call here, and um, I actually have to eat, so uh, Wizard needs food to take his meds. So. And Warrior needs food badly because that's what he does. Yeah. By the way, I have decided that I, I will just stop really searching for belt buckles, and I will get one custom made. Oh, damn. Big yep. spender. 
Good well, defender. I mean, I'm not going to do it right away, but there's a place in New Braunfels that'll do it for me. Oh, nice. Okay, close yeah, by. So, Sweet. So we'll look into that. But anyway, until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And we are the slime and hungry, but slime yeah. and hungry. Slimy hungry. Slime, slimy hungry. We have our own mojo. <laughs> now it's Newton's mojo. That's gross. That mojo. <laughs> covered, covered in Ted Nugent mojo. Oh my god, Ted Nugent's mojo. <laughs> <laughs> it's all sticky and warm. <laughs> it tastes like freedom. No, I'm done with this. <laughs>